Welcome to The Almanac, a podcast by your friends at Event Farm, the experiential software platform that gives event marketers superpowers. On today's episode, our CRO, Chad Blaze, talks to Sam Punglada, the VP of Global Marketing at GumGum. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Um, uh, for those that uh, have not had the pleasure of joining us as part of this podcast, we're focusing our efforts in recent times on marketing leaders and difference makers. And so to, to avoid me uh, doing a disservice, I'm going to introduce Sam and literally let her tell you about both herself from the perspective of who she is and what she does today, but also maybe even lead into um, the origin story that uh, we're looking for as we typically lead off in these conversations. So with that, Sam, welcome, and I'll turn the floor over to you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chad, and also um, Event Farm for giving me this opportunity to share my experience and um, especially um, not just around um, marketing and marketing ROI, but but also the different channels and what we've been doing. And um, good thing I'm at a place where we have a lot of success stories to share and, um, and a lot of best practices and stuff too. So um, this is a great opportunity and it's a great time, especially, you know, hitting um, the year end. So just a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Sam Ponglada. I'm the VP of Global Marketing um, here at GumGum. Um, for those of you that aren't um, familiar with GumGum, we're an AI company, and we have a deep expertise in computer vision. And what we do is basically um, we help brands um, deliver context highly contextual advertising campaigns and get insights from um, images across um, the web. And I've been with GumGum for almost two years now and um, been in the ad tech space for five plus years. Um, before that, uh, my background um, in tech started at Sun Microsystems <laughs> and went from hardware and then to software, um, moved out from SF to LA and then um, was in the enterprise software space for quite some time in sales actually and then transition transitioned into marketing um, moved out to New York to join live person and I kind of um, got myself into the whole landscape of tech in New York when it was just started to kick off which is um, a great time and then made myself back to sunny LA with gum gum um, so I kind of did the full circle um, and it's been um, a very interesting place because here at gum gum because um just um two years ago it's like 100 something and now we're close to 300 and our product now is not just an advertising product but we've been using our technology now in the sports place and in esports and now in dental as well too Fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting um, as someone who, you know, worked at big tech, then moved to small tech, and it sounds like you've had some similar experiences mm -hmm. and spent a lot of time in sales and then expanded that into marketing. Um, sounds like we have some similar experiences. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to kind of cheat because I think I might know some of these answers. But <laughs> I'd love to understand, as you think about how you landed in a an executive position for marketing, you know, what was that transition transition like from sales to marketing, why marketing, and, and, and what drives that passion around what you're doing today with GumGum? It's very interesting. I actually thank my sales career <laughs> for being really the, the backbone of my marketing career. And I think, um, as both of us would know, and many marketers out there to really climb up the ladder, um, you have to be like BFFs with salespeople, <laughs> right? Because you can do great marketing campaigns 
creative, but if you don't have a relationship with your sales team, they can't really deliver that story and message. And they can't convert what you're doing, those leads into um, revenue or into ROI for you. And that's the performance for marketing, right? That's how we're getting measured as well, too, on top of our company goals and revenue goals and all of that. So um, to me, being able to have a sales background and really understand how to build relationships with your sales team, and now on a global level, um, was it's very beneficial. Um, and because as a marketer, and I'll go back to this again, you can be as creative as you, as you are, but if you can't sell your marketing campaign to the sales team internally, then it's not going to be successful. And um, for me, transitioning um, into marketing came from, well, I did have a marketing background. I went to um, um, school for advertising and business. So um, I was wondering when my career will evolve around using those skills, because you kind of always wonder, right, after college, like, okay, I went through four years. So when am I actually going to use this? And um, and and it kind of slided in because, um, you know, I was doing more sales development inside sales, was really good at it. And then at one point I felt like I had so much creativity. Um, I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to really help the sales team without having the stress of having quotas, quote unquote. <laughs> right. Um, and, and it turned out to be awesome. And um, being able to be a different companies, different um, types of tech companies selling different types of products, right, from SaaS, from self-serve. To um, to now in advertising and digital and the digital space, it's it's just great. And now, especially with um, the company um, I'm at right now, which is all around AI machine learning, it's it's just been quite the journey. You know what's interesting to me is um, you know with, with similar experiences of kind of finding my way through that. Um, there's a lot of folks that ask me, you know, is that course the right way to an accelerated growth into a, a more senior position in marketing? What, what's your take on that? Yeah, um, I feel like with everybody, right, going to a more senior position is not just having the experience or, or being a good marketer, or good, being a good salesperson, but also um, building out teams. And I feel like um, that is the core of um, how you can really grow and grow into, you know, higher positions is we're having more experience around people, right? Around the resources, around the tools. The marketing stack is probably my number one thing. But then who is helping you, you know, um, achieve those goals within marketing and then sales as well too and adoption for all these tools. And not just us, but also relying on a sales team that actually would help input those data, those sales activities, those opportunity movements, those close of business, or even those losses, right? And I think all of this combined together makes you uh, more elevated and able to create these strategies and execute them at a better uh, in a much better way and more efficient, I would say, as you grow into those bigger roles and being able to communicate that to management and even at a company level on those visions and how you have those data that's backing it up, those results that are backing it up that, okay, I need more investment. I need more budget in order to double those revenue numbers. Yeah, for sure. You know, what's interesting is, uh, so what, what I'm also hearing a little bit in there is that um, there, there's a number of things that differentiate you as you kind of make your move up the, the ladder in, inside of different companies. And so that makes me think about differentiation. And as, you know, 
as marketers are constantly thinking about differentiation through mm-hmm. the lens of how I differentiate my company in, in a sea of noise and not try to yeah, fall yeah. into the trap of being gimmicky, but you have to be different mm-hmm. in order for mm-hmm. people to listen. You know, maybe tell me a little bit about how you think about differentiating your own personal brand and then how do you apply that approach to how you're differentiating some of the, you know, the, the, the channel talk that you have through the lens of gum gum. And it's very interesting because as you know, um, the ad tech space is so saturated. It's getting eaten up by big telecom companies, media companies. And um, for us being of our size, you know, one of the things that really stand out is our tech that we own, that we build, which is in image advertising and using image recognition now beyond um, for the digital advertising space and now into sports, into, you know, logo recognition on sports jerseys and sports teams and arenas and all of that. And then now into dental is where we differentiate ourselves and our brand on the product side and the space as well, too, because a lot of ad tech companies say, oh, they're all AI, but no one really owns the tech right and everybody wants to be that it's the buzzword and on the product side we're very niche and um and a lot of agencies and brands in our space realize that as well too as you know we go into partnership and being long-term partners with top brands of the world and um the interesting part about that i would say is the management here is arms open when it comes to creativity and being different. And I think we were able to excel our marketing team, our marketing vision, and what we put out there um, for prospects and even keeping our clients happy has been very different. And a lot of my peers and a lot of companies have really recognized us as the way we do marketing as true innovators. We don't do a lot of traditional marketing here. Um, We do a lot of account-based marketing. And even with account-based marketing, we do it on a level where we have virtual reality involved, um, AR. Uh, we actually even launch a Turbo Tour, which is a whole arcade that we built for um, um, for our auto clients at the agency. And I'm not kidding; it is a driving game <laughs> that we placed it, and it's rotating through agencies right now. Um, um, for event side, and I could get into even more down this conversation. Um, which we personalized and make it so experiential that our clients, they just want to go to a gum gum event these days because they know there's these really neat activations. It's not about selling gum gum. It's about them. It's about being, you know, a marketer selling to a marketer, right? And that's kind of the best thing about my job is what would wow me, right? Um, Because we're talking the same language here with our own clients and prospects. I get a lot of direct mail, I think one out of 10 that I would actually be somewhat impressed of because a lot of vendors out there are just using the same recipe. And um, with us, we kind of go out of our way. We mix in our tech into our marketing campaigns. Um, you know, we have the core marketing tools that a lot of um, my peers use. Salesforce, I can name a few that are, you know, HubSpot and all of that, um, which is our core tools. But then when it comes to creativity and being innovative, that's where the brand wants to listen to you and learn more. That's where our agency partners wants to partner and listen more because, wow, you guys are innovative. You guys are a step ahead. Then we want to partner with you. And I think that's how we're a little different from a lot of um, our competitors. 
And if, you know, without you giving up too many, you know, special sauce secrets, um, mm-hmm. if you had to summarize just in a few words what your approach is um, for, for, for both yourself and at GumGum and your kind of approach in marketing, what, what would those words be? And I think I know that because that segues maybe into the next question, but I, I'd be curious in your own words, what are those couple words that if you could summarize, hey, my approach when I lead the marketing organization and Gum, Gum Gum's approach to marketing as a whole is what? Wow, that's a hard one because I can think of a lot of words. But, right, um, a lot of it is probably very, I would say some of the keywords would be, you know, highly innovative, um, a step ahead. These, and and I'm, not, I'm actually repeating some of our clients' words as well, too, when they receive these things or, or go to our events and personalize. And it's um, and I think that's what a lot of companies are kind of bypassing is the personalization when it comes to these things or receiving these things, and um, also very effective. Yep. Well, and I'm going to key on the one word personalization because I had a feeling you were going to mention that, and that segues into um, events. And so as as we think about kind of the big trend now of. Uh, we went automation. We all the tools you had mentioned that you're kind of now in some ways skimming past because everyone uses those tools. We're kind of shifting back towards personalization, customization, and and mm-hmm. events play a role in that. And so knowing that Gumgun also is pretty uh, innovative, using that word again because you are innovative with all of your channels, including the event channel. Yeah, a- anything that you want to share with us as to how you think about events and how they play into your strategy and, and how you try to think about executing those events. Yeah, so um, it's very interesting because when a couple of years, just three years ago, when um, Gum Gum started their marketing team, there was only two, three people. <laughs> and they were just doing a little bit of PR, some content pieces, and then some of the events that, oh, we must go here because everybody goes here. And that's Cannes, one of them, Calions in France. And then, oh, Domestico, CES, right? You kind of go, you kind of hit the top events because that's where you must be. And if you're not there, then you're a nobody. And then we went and did all of those, right? We got a yacht, a can, and then we did a whole nine yards. And this was before my time. And then when I joined the company, the first thing I looked into is like, okay, wow, you guys did a, a, a lot of events, even went to the big ones. It's like, okay, where's the ROI? Not a single person could tell me. They had a great time. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, coming in as, you know, a data-driven marketer, um, that's the number one thing that we needed to fix. And with events, um, fast forward now, we do close to 200 a year, uh, big and small, right? Anything from agency happy hour to um, the Mexico, which is a gigantic booth and all of that. And, and we learn along the way. A um, couple of things I can say uh, with personalization is the clients or the prospects get invited to so many events. And I'm going to bring up New York because um, it's one of those cities where you can go to 20 events a day if you wanted to, not LA. Um, and how do you stand out, right? Because everyone's doing the same thing Broadway, um, Broadway shows, um, you know, um, same rooftops or whatever it is, there's just nothing that really stands out and where clients would be like, I really want to go to this because I don't think I can go my own or um, um, it's much better when, you know, someone takes you out, right, and, and entertains and stuff like that. So we, 
one of the first ones that we really did that was a personalized event was, um, and, and this got a lot of hype out there the past few years, which is called Bring Cans to You. And the reason why we, we came up with this concept from ICMO is that it's a lot, and not a lot of people get to go to Cannes. And it's one of those events where it's prestigious, it's in France, and it's amazing, it's creative, it's, you know, you get to see all these, like, ad tech companies or creative companies, like, um, are there, and, and they're throwing all these amazing parties. Um, so we decided to bring Cannes to you, which is a city near you, and the first year we did three. And we did a whole French theme, French Riviera theme. Uh, we wanted to Chicago, London, and L.A., and it was so successful. Um, and the moment that they stepped into our yacht, they were able to really experience what it's like there. And um, we really personalized that. We bought an AR element to it in um, our favors that we given away to, which was a record, um, which was a record. And it was in the sleeve where you could use a gum gum AR app and scan it and their champagne bottles and boat would come to life and all that, which is pretty neat. And um, we, we, we thought about it again and you're like, you know, let's expand this more. So this past year we did in seven cities and we all tied it together um, through social media as well too. So everybody was following and seeing what was happening in every different city. So um, that's one of the events is very successful for us. For another one, was the Hamptons, which we branded the Hamptons house out in New York, and uh, we brought our key clients out there to have this full experiential experience um, for three days. The moment they stepped into the house, it was true on activations. I would say it was very Instagrammable. Um, it was full of activities. Um, they had personalized totes. Um, we kind of studied the brands that they represented, and we kind of like baked that into the house. Um, clients walked away very happy, and it's probably one of the top ROI-driven um, events um, that has given us such great results um, um, the past two years. Why is that? I mean, it, you know, I, I think what, what I, I think people that are in events realize that there are a lot of ways to throw compelling events, and you clearly have keyed in on how to throw personalized, customized, compelling events. What about the conversion? Because you're talking ROI, you're data-driven, we're data-driven. Yep. It's, you know, it's more than a buzzword these days. And so you know, how, what are the techniques? What are you thinking about? What's the mindset when, when people are throwing events to, in order to drive the right behavior to close that loop and, and really find a way to convert? Like, what are some of those secrets you're using? Because you said, hey, this is one of the best ROI events we're throwing you clearly have the data to, to back that up and so how did you make that happen and what was the stuff that you had to think about in order to be different in order to make that happen yeah so it's very interesting because um the first year we saw a lot of roi come in which is okay we started getting a lot of um, deals closed after or there was time during you know the the weekend that we we're able to talk about um um a partnership and all that, but there's no content involved at all. It's basically an entertainment. But um, what really made a true difference was that when we were able to invite prospects, right, um, agency folks that weren't really spending with us, yes, but they represent top brands. And one of the key things is that I have a dashboard in Salesforce where I have all the attendees in um, and all the brands that they represent and all the revenue streams that they already um, have presented to us. And um, it's a very strategic approach because we do sit down with each of the sellers and say, okay, who 
gets the invitation and the invitation um, you know, goes out ahead of time. And there's this whole countdown system, which is, gets them very excited to go on this trip. And to be honest, it's almost like any other user conference, right? Like that you do offsite and there's content, but this is a little different because um, this is more about relationship building. And so my ROI dashboard here is broken up into two pieces, which one is influence revenue, which is basically our clients, uh, top spending clients, um, and we actually track 30, 60, 90 days, how the revenue is growing post the event. And then the, the direct revenue piece is where um, we have prospects. And we will give all the credit to marketing here um, when there's revenue. Um, obviously, we do give um, credit to the salespeople too, but when we're able to get them excited and to come through our invitation, for example, even the boat, we actually sent them this really cool message in a bottle and they can leave it on their desk and that's an invitation to get access to bring cancer you so there's all of these elements that are very enticing uh, with the hamptons house is the same way we ship them these um, wine box samplers uh, which is different types of roses and they get an invitation and they say oh wow this looks great and all of the things that we'll, they'll be able to do there whether it's yoga wine tasting a mixology class whatever it is um, and make it very enticing. And they're like, okay, I want to see what this is all about. And those conversations about gum gum and what we do actually is during the weekend. And it's not really about the product at all. It's mostly because I, I'm there. My marketing team is there. They're actually asking, oh, how do you guys do this? How do you guys do that? It's really getting to know and bond with your prospects and clients. And I think a lot of event marketers kind of bypass that, bypass that because sometimes they're always like, oh, it's just a drinking event and we have fun and then bye, see you later, you know? Um, for us, it, it was definitely more a strategic approach here. And the fact that we had numbers backing up to today, both on Cairns and Hamptons, is, is very impressive because we're able to build a dashboard that we can tr keep track on how is that revenue going over the next 12 months. One of the other questions I have is, so I can see how the salespeople stay excited because there's a way to kind of drive, you know, kind of, their key metric, which is revenue. Yeah. How do you help your team who can sometimes, and I'm not your team specifically, but maybe talking more generically about people that do events inside of marketing organizations who kind of have this project-based mentality. I did like, there's a lead up to the event and then there's I, the events done and I kind of exhale, I take a vacation and I, and then I think <laughs> about the next event. So how, how do you keep the internal momentum, especially on the marketing team yeah. going to reinforce exactly what you were just describing? We have um, an approach called the 360 human management. So this is based off our project management tool, Asana, as well, too, which we create this project template, which is a pre, during, and post. So every tentpole event or something big like this, not on the regional level, which is a lot smaller. So the way we break it off, we have national events, um, which marketing runs. And those are like 12 big events a year, for example. And then we have regional events, which we give the sales team um, um, a chunk of money. I'm okay, you guys go do whatever you want. As long as there's branding, we'll support that. Um, but for internally, um, just because we are a very lean team, and you think about um, my field marketing team, there's only five people. And then we obviously we have the creative team to support us, which is also in-house. To keep them excited, we have this 360 um, um, template where we actually create an event brief. We kick this off with the salespeople. We get them super excited. And this template really shows all the checklists of what you need to do 
every week, every briefing, um, and we show them the creative that is involved and their minds are blown. Um, first of all, even we, even before we start all of that, we do create um, this doc where it's like, what did we learn from last year? What do we need to do? What are clients looking for? Who are the key brands that are coming? And then the creative team comes back and brainstorm, which is also part of one of the checklists, is the brainstorming piece where it's like, oh, wow, okay, Budweiser is going to be there. What are we going to do? Are we do a Bud boost? You know, <laughs> what are we going to do to personalize their whole experience knowing that these brands are going to be there? So it's a combination between having the creative team being very excited and all the salespeople that, wow, you guys are bringing this to life and customizing this for their clients. So we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have this constant communication with the sales team. And I have to admit, it takes up to like five months in the planning. This is not easy. This is like basically, a, you know, you're running a mansion for six weeks. Um, and and it's very highly involved with the sales team. And we're not, again, not just keeping our team excited, but the sales team excited, also the clients excited, looking forward to the summer. And same with cans, right? The yacht as well, too. Like, okay, we're going to do it again. How do we differentiate ourselves? So with the brainstorming and really getting the team to, to be a part of it, and we do assign um, creative manager to, to each of, of these campaigns and really thought through, you know, think through it and, and, and run it by sellers as well, too. So it's almost like that's you can already imagine how much work it is <laughs> just from me talking. I'm tired because it's just like there's like a lot more details around the planning. And I'll send you after this. Um, we did a whole video about behind the scenes and you'll see it all come together. It's so crazy with the yachts and the, the cans. W wonderful. And for our listeners, obviously, we'll, we'll share that with you, too. And, you know, the, the thing I'll say is that what I'm also hearing is that there's there's a rigor and accountability mechanism in place that makes people think about the entire life cycle, which is not just through the event, but after the event too. And so I love exactly. the partnership. It kind of feels like you're, you're carrying your, your sales rigor into kind of this part of the discipline uh, of the marketing execution, which I love. Um, you know, one of the things, cause I, I, you know, we're getting a little long on time and I want to make sure I, I, I give you a chance to also talk about some things that I know some of our um, less senior uh, listeners often ask about, which is, you know, they heard your origin story, but what are some of the, you know, tidbits, you know, life lessons you've learned as, as part of your progression through your career that somebody wants to get in marketing, somebody wants to start doing events, somebody wants to start doing some of the things that we just talked about for the last 25 minutes or so, you know, how do they get started? What are some of the things that you'd recommend to, to those newbies? You know, it's very interesting because I, I always look back to myself, right, where I started and, um, and, and how I kind of help empower and groom um, the junior, um, you know, team members on my team or in other companies as well, too, is like really having a mentorship, right? So who do you want to be in the next three to five years? Is it um, this marketing director within your team or is it another um, person you've met at a networking event? Like reach out to those people and see how they got there. And, and, and I'm sharing my story here as well to, to, to the audience. And obviously I've been... Um, um, one of my passions really is just helping people um, switch careers and especially in marketing and, and in New York I was able to run a networking event called Two Degrees where I brought people together where they wanted to um, switch careers out of because um, being in New York a lot of um, um, people are coming from the finance background insurance or other other industries and want to get into tech so I was able to run some, run those and being able to 
talk to a lot of um, junior people or newbies that want to get into marketing, want to get in tech marketing, and having a mentor is is probably one of the best things that you could ever do, right? Um, and and really understanding what it took that person to get there, and that's really inspiring. Um, and from starting a marketing career, especially in tech, you know, um, like anybody else, you start from the bottom. A lot of times, um, um, they want to go into, I just want to go into one thing. I want to go into PR. I want to go into content marketing. I want to go into demand gen. I want to go into events because I love events. I love throwing events. And then what you're going to realize um, down the road, if you're not going to being a general generalist, which is like a marketing coordinator or a marketing specialist learning different things, is that down the road, you'll be able to be like, okay, I'm a, a director of events. And if that's what you want to do, that's great. But when you want to kind of branch out and learn other areas of marketing, one of the key um, um, skill sets that you really need is to really be ROI-driven, right? Um, and you could be really good at being an ROI-driven event marketer, great. And being part of a marketing marketing team is also awesome because you're able to see your other team members and how they're being ROI-driven as well too and for you to tap into those. And the reason why you may want to start early if you do want to be a marketing generalist down the road and run a marketing team one day is really learning all the tools that every marketing member touches, right? And also learning how to track ROI on all the different channels as well too. And in this day and age, and even myself, because I'm old, <laughs> is to really keep up with all the different channels and what the younger team members are doing and what the older team members are doing, right? And being able to keep up because we are a marketer, we need to keep up with the trends and really trying to carve your career uh, where it's not pigeonholed, right? Where you're you're, you're more open to all the trends and all the tools that's there for you. And again, I'll go back to having a good, you know, manager or a boss or a counselor or your um, mentor is, is very key to, to a lot of this is to help guide you. Because to be honest, a lot of companies don't invest in that as much. No, great, great advice. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. And so you, uh, and I'll use your term, are old, and uh, so am I, mm -hmm. and we can laugh about that as I say that. Um, so what about um, the very senior thought leaders in marketing that are also queuing into this podcast? What are the, those trends that you are thinking about or that you see you know, 12, 18 months off that, that, that it's kind of caught your attention? Because you and Gum Gum are really kind of positioned as thought leaders and innovators, and if you're thinking about it, then you might be another step or two ahead of others. So what are those next things that you're thinking about that people kind of say, hmm, let me see if I can apply some of that to some of my thinking in the next you know, year or two? Well, guess what? One thing I learned from the event last night that um, was my key takeaway um, was ROE, and that's return on experience. And a lot of marketers haven't really gone that route yet because they're still stuck in the traditional ways of email marketing, direct mail, SEO, SEM, um, paid media, like um, all of these things, right? Or doing white papers or doing, um, you know, partnering with um, another uh, analyst to create an 18-page guide, which is amazing still, right? Because there are audience or prospects are, are still reading and doing those things. But being a step ahead and really think about how do you really create an experience for your customer or your, your prospect is, 
is really interesting because one of the things that made me think about this more is that, yeah, what is the return on experience, right? Uh, we know what return on investment is, but what is the return on experience? Is it really, is the, is the client or the prospect walking away knowing what your brand story is? Is it about the content? Um, is it about like making a deal? Like what is it about? And this really got me thinking, and it's one of the things I'm going to be sharing with the team next week as we go into, you know, planning for next year is like, what are the KPIs on return on experience? Is it getting client feedback? Is it getting clients to come back to our events? Is it um, getting clients to spend more? What is it? And that actually got me thinking. And I go to a lot of events and a lot of times I come back be like, okay, that was a great event. I feel sometimes I wear a little more advanced, but yes, last night's event was really great because I felt like it got me thinking about something that I'm not doing, I'm not thinking about. And I think as more senior leaders would always need to be in that space where what are we not doing? What are we not thinking about? What other companies are? Because we always want to be a step ahead and keep up. That's great. And just a, a quick plug and uh, for our, our partners at XLive, uh, Sam's referring to an event she attended uh, thrown by both XLive and Event Farm in Santa Monica last night. So it's great to hear that uh, we're doing something as an event technology, pulling together some great events. W with that in mind, Sam, is there anything that you want to share that we haven't already covered before? You know, um, I thank you graciously for, for this wonderful conversation, knowing that there's a lot of things um, that that on your plate, and you know a lot of things that are happening at Gum Gum. Anything that you want to, you know, there's a shout out to a person, or a shout out to the upcoming event, or shout out to an issue that you want to call out for the team out there that's listening into the podcast. Um, yeah, one one that is um, getting a lot of hype, and 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 I'll talk about this because it has nothing to do with our product. It has nothing to do with our marketing goal. Um, it is purely awareness in a space where a lot of our competitors or um, or other tech companies hasn't really tapped into. So our creative manager came up with this project called Art Official, which is A-R-T, obviously art, and dot I-F-I-C-I-A-L. And I'll send this link to you as well too after uh, this recording. And it was about tapping into artists, um, very talented artists, um, we've got painters and all kinds of artists, like we picked four or five and created this guide, um, really highlighting these artists and what are they producing. And the key takeaway from this project was that we've got um, the artists to create paintings and then we had a robot create a painting. And one of the key things we had six piece of art and we've used this across social and, um, and, and paid media and all of that, all the different channels to promote this, have people guess which one was done through AI or the robot and through a real human. This got picked up by CNN, CNBC, and has gone viral. And this is a very low cost um, project, I would say. Um, but it was so creative, not really about gum gum at all. I think there needs to be a campaign, maybe even once a year, with any company to come up with something that has nothing to do with your tech, right? And really catch the attention of being the forefront and doing something very different. And um, it's interesting because we had this idea of like, wow, maybe we could take this to our basil this year, but obviously timing didn't work. But the fact that it got so much press and um, 
a lot of of compliments and 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 even a lot of hype because it was just doing something different. And I just wanted to close it out here that sometimes you just have to go out and do something as a company to show that you're thinking outside of box, and that may not lead to any um, revenue at all. <laughs> Uh, but in the end, it's showing that you're doing something different and that's very interesting. And I think that's been the theme of Gum Gum here is just kind of going out there and go rogue. <laughs> I love it, Sami. You know, our call uh, when we first started this podcast series was to be looking for people that um, were difference makers, were innovators, were people that, you know, even senior executives, uh, really the full spectrum of folks wanted to, to listen in because they could learn from it. And I think your closing statement reinforces that uh, we found a winner here with you, Sam. So thank you so much for today. The conversation was fantastic. I'm, I'm excited to continue this conversation even after the podcast. We'll share all the stuff that you're going to send our way to our listeners here um, as part of the podcast submission. In the meantime, continue to be great, continue to innovate, and uh, we look forward to continuing the dialogue with you, Gum Gum, and uh, other thought leaders like yourself in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great.